0: Okay, go ahead..
1: <clears throat>
0: but first, oh nope, <laughs> it's your line. <laughs> you stole my line. <laughs> Who am I today? And if you would like to get know. in
1: contact with us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. Welcome back to the Modern Lady Podcast. You're listening to episode 144. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Lindsay. And today we are talking about loving your home when you're not even sure if you like it. Home is where the heart is. It's a message near, dear, and familiar to us here in the Modern Lady community. But sometimes caring for our homes is not always easy. Sometimes homemaking is challenging, and sometimes it can feel like our homes rather than working for us, almost seem like they may be doing the opposite. In those moments, it's time for a pivot of heart, of hearth, and of home. But first, the best way that you can support The Modern Lady
1: is by subscribing to our podcast on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts, and by sharing us with your friends. We also welcome you to join us over at patreon.com forward slash the modern lady podcast, where for just $5 a month, you will get exclusive
0: and extra content. If you would like to leave us a comment or message us about today's episode, the best way to get in touch with us is on Instagram at the modern lady podcast, but be sure to stay tuned to the end of the episode for other ways to connect because we would love to hear from you. But Before we get into today's chat, Lindsay has our modern lady tip of the week. I think it's time we review
1: some basic social media etiquette because while there is a lot to love about social media, and there really is, we love it, it continues to become a place where people exhibit behaviours that they would never do in real life and treat people in a way that they wouldn't dare if they were face-to-face. Now I know we've talked about social media before, but I found a new article on social media etiquette on Reader's Digest and it can be found on their website rd.com and it shares 13 tips. Now I've chosen a few of my favorites to chat about today. The first one is don't behave differently online than you would in person. I love this one because I think it encompasses so many things. First of all, be authentic. The last thing you want is your real life friends and family thinking, that's not how she is in real life. Now, I'm not a fan of filters changing people's faces online. And of course, you can make that decision for yourself. And some filters are just plain fun. But this idea of presenting a false version of yourself online, whether it's a fake face or personality, just let it go. Be yourself, your real self. Another interpretation of this tip, though, is related to how you interact with people. Would real life you just go up to someone you don't know and not introduce yourself and then offer advice? Would you ask a stranger deeply personal questions and get upset if they don't share more about their lives with you? Would you criticize their weight, home, mothering looks right to their face? Be the same person that you are in real life when you're interacting on social media. Now, how about this one? Stay offline when you're angry. This one hits home because of my struggles with PMDD. I know that I can react very differently to stimuli when I'm feeling a bit hormonal. Uh, Things that I can normally shake off irritate me more, and it's a little harder for me to kind of control my emotions. During that time, I have less impulse control, so I might say things that I wouldn't normally say. And it's normal for all of us to have emotional days, right? It's normal to have periods when we feel grumpy or sad, but it just makes good sense to limit our time online on the days when we might not be able to extend as much grace to people as we all should. And finally, this one's not from Reader's Digest, which is something I see nonstop. And it's a bit of a pet peeve. Just read through the comments under a post in which someone asks a question to see if someone else has already given the answer. Every time I read the comments, there are hundreds and hundreds of repeat answers all saying the same thing. But then I actually suspect that this type of engagement is what some accounts might be looking for. But just, it's a good sense, anyways, to give the comment section a quick scan before answering. Social media is a fun little escape for most of us, but it is increasingly becoming a place in which every little thing people do or say is torn to shreds. Don't be that person. Unless it's something obviously dangerous or hateful, scroll on past and let it go. Better yet, fill your news feeds with accounts that you really do enjoy and show them some love and be a model citizen, both in the real world and in the online world.
0: Mm, those are good tips. I love that point right at the end to be a good citizen of both mm. worlds, right? Mm. And it does make sense that we would need to review etiquette um, increasingly more and more online, because that is often a, a, the place where we engage most these days. Yes, you're I feel right. Like. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if, if you think of it that way, that Like that is where we are actually encountering people as opposed to perhaps in the past standing in line at the grocery store or um, being in more public places. As a lot of our worlds move online, that is going to be the new domain where we encounter people. So, of course, etiquette is going to have to follow. Home is the nicest word there is. The immortal words of Laura Ingalls Wilder perfectly sums up many of our goals and ambitions in preparing and keeping a home full of warmth, love, and joy. In the day-to-day, though, that can often look like hard work and require perseverance, especially when things don't always go according to plan. Right, Lindsay? Yes. And this is a topic that you and I love talking about. And
1: it's really what we bro- built mm-hmm. the earliest years of this podcast on. And it's something we're so happy to revisit because we have not mastered it right in our yes. own homes. <laughs> no. And it's something we're constantly trying to do and it is hard work. And so we're like, yeah, it's time ta-
0: it's time to talk homemaking again. Yeah. Yes. When we were chatting about homemaking earlier this week, I remember saying to you, I'm like that I'm currently in this like love hate relationship with my house. Mm-hmm. There are just these seasons, right. Where, um, and I'm, this is where we're currently at where everything goes at the same time. <gasps> yes. Like, <laughs> yes. it's like they all talk to each other yes. at night It's like on Tuesday, 12 o'clock, we're all going to break. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's just where we're at. And so I was saying like, it feels like the house is, um, not working for me right now which we're all busy in our busy lives. Like often that can be just very frustrating and you don't know how to get back on track. So we were like, you know what? it's time for another home episode. And so here we are. Yeah. And I think in your situation too, right,
1: you are still homeschooling. And so your house mm. starts to close in on you, like emotionally yeah. and with items, right? Homeschooling comes with a lot of materials. And so you're mm-hmm. there all the time. You've got like these, literally these growing stacks of books and half done crafts, right? And,
0: yeah. <laughs> and everything just
1: kind of starting to kind of close in on you. And right now, the season as well as it's getting darker and, colder in your home more I just feel Mm -hmm. I always feel so compelled kind of September and October to do an overhaul every year seasonally it's it's kind of that return to school mentality still whether your kids are at home or at school it's to me and we said this so many times to me that's the new year not January 1st when school Mm -hmm. starts to me feels like the beginning of the year and um, this lines up perfectly with what I do every year which is our um, pre-advent deep clean because I'm that's what I feeling right now, right? is like everything starts to kind of close in on you and you want to get everything organized and ready leading into Christmas. Because if we are in for this long, dark, cold winter, I want a space that is cozy, that is peaceful, that you can like really
0: hibernate in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And, and then you were saying too, that like, as you use your house, and in my case, with homeschooling, things just get used more and yes. more often, right? Yeah. And so it, it makes sense that things get worn out and used up much quicker. And you're right. I feel like this time of year, especially with Christmas looming. I know we just finished like (laughs) Halloween and All Saints Day and stuff but which is yesterday um, in our recording role (laughs) we just (laughs) trick-or-treated last night (laughs) yeah I know I know but you're you're thinking about I think as a homemaker you think about it coming up in a different way oh totally you you want your house to be set up well and nicely and so all of a sudden the the to-do list just becomes a little bit more urgent, we'll say. I mean, one of the things that I'm really hoping to do before Christmas, um, just adding it right onto the running list, is mm-hmm. to clean my carpets. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was telling you that I was sitting on the floor the other night. We were praying our rosary in the evening, and I should have been praying. I <laughs> should have been focused. <laughs> yes. But my eyes could not help but fall upon my, <laughs> my carpet. And I'm like, hmm, it's two different colors, <laughs> depending on where people walked. Yes. And that's just one of one of the things, right? Sometimes, sometimes the things just glare at you. They just shout for your attention and you're yeah. keen to just get in there and get it done.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure I didn't help with that when I was sharing constant videos of me using my little Christmas <laughs> gift to myself that I opened early on uh, my little... Oh like smaller and more manageable carpet cleaner, which is the greatest thing I've ever bought. Right. I have been washing carpets nonstop. And, um, so yeah, I totally get what you're saying. And so this led me into kind of the first point I think we should talk about. So this whole idea of you really want to love your house. We all do, right? Like that's, Mm -hmm. we have this common thing where it's like, no, I want to love where I, where I live, but there are certainly things we don't like, or just seasons that we don't like it in. Right. There are days where I'm like, Nope, I don't like anything in it. Um, And so how do we learn to love a space that we might not necessarily like at this time? And so for me, the first thing that you kind of need to do is see it and accept it. Just like what you were doing Mm. when you were supposed to be meditating on the mysteries of the rosary. I know.
0: Uh, Yeah, I, I figure... Mary also was a homemaker. Yes, she was. I was relating to her in that way in that moment. Yep, you were (laughs) meditating on that.
1: Absolutely. No, what you saw there is you're like, you saw it, right? You're like, okay, this Mm -hmm. carpet looks dirty. And that's great because I think that seeing it and naming it, right? Just accepting what it is, is really, really important. Now, why I think this is really hard for most of us to do actually goes back to social media, which leads, like, Mm -hmm. makes me think back to the tip of the week this week. Um, Social media, Mm -hmm. one one of the downsides of it is it gives us a distorted sense of beauty. And right. I think that comes at different points of our lives long before social media. This isn't the first time this has happened to people, but I think social media has made it a thousand times worse, right?
0: It's mm-hmm. a thousand
1: times harder for us to wrap our heads around what is beautiful, what is trendy, all these things. And I reflect now, <laughs> I look back and I, think back to the time when I canceled my beauty magazine subscriptions, when I had um, my first daughter, I was like, oh, Mm. I don't want these magazines coming in my house and filling up her mind with like these unattainable beauty standards. Little did I know that within a couple of years, we'd be holding a phone that was a (laughs) nonstop deluge of of unattainable beauty standards, not just for our faces and our hair and our bodies, but our houses too, right? and our lifestyles Mm. in general. And we've Mm -hmm. talked about this before that it's almost like it's almost like you can look at an apartment building and the front of it has been taken off and you're looking into everyone's houses at once Mm, that's never happened before it's not just like the perfectly styled rooms in a magazine where you could actually at that time look at it and go yep this is a magazine and you'd close it and put it down you're seeing with with like insta stories into people's actual houses and it's a lot harder to be like but that's not quote real life like she looks like us. they look like us, but their house looks like this. and so, um, I think it's really, really hard for us to have an accurate sense of beauty.
0: Mm-hmm. That is so true. And even with magazines, now that I'm thinking about it, the mm-hmm. editorial, like the longer articles mm-hmm. a lot of the magazines have, they've grown a lot more personal, mm-hmm. even them too, right? Often they feature like it's about their house, but it's. The article focuses on the people living in the house. Mm-hmm. So it just, it, it, yeah, it just takes it up a notch being more and more relatable. But yeah, I, I was thinking about social media too, just the influence. What is yes. being input into our minds, right? Um, whether it's TV or magazines or, or Instagram. And uh, it was just this realization of like, I have to figure out for myself here, what is my house for? Yeah. Right. And that helps a lot with acceptance because my house isn't for a display. Yes. Um, for some people it is because that's their livelihood. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But for me, that's not where we're at. And so it is lived in. It's very thoroughly <laughs> yeah. yep. lived in. And and that is the reality that that helps with the acceptance of the situation because then my house becomes more like um a favorite pair of jeans. Yeah. Almost or shoes, right? They're so comfortable. They're useful. They're what I reach for every day over and over and over again. They're they may be not the what I would walk down a runway wearing, <laughs> but they're the best because this is what I use in my life. And the
1: person who talks about this the best um, is Paige mm-hmm. Ryan, right? Yes. yes so yes. people are not following Paige Ryan and that's P-A-I-G-E-R- i e n on instagram um she's the queen of this she's written books on this so definitely if you are going to fill your news feed with people who make you um feel better about your life um she's definitely somebody to follow about this because it's all about having a home that because she's a designer by trade so she knows Mm. how how that works that's fine she has a beautiful new kitchen and all that but she's all about saying but we live here and her her current message is about like the whole cleaning up before people come over and just now like being like, no, we live here. So these things are on the coffee mm. table, you know, et cetera. Mm. So you're right. I think part of acceptance is, is taking that step back and going, yeah, what is the purpose of this building of these four walls? Like it right. seems like <laughs> it seems like it's why true. should we have to ask ourselves that? But that's because we're being told it should be all of these other things when we look on social media. But no, it is mm. where your family lives and um but i think that the other message of social media is this newer trend of trying to normalize everything as well and it Mm -hmm. kind of is the pendulum the pendulum always swings the other way it can never just rest in the middle right it goes so far one way and then so far the other and this is like also like really saying well a normal house and i'm using normal in quotes um is messy and it's sometimes really outdated and all that like but that also starts to make people think that's how it quote should be and that's Mm. what that's what instagram and social media does whether it's the far one way or far the other it's telling you what your house should be and so this this key to acceptance is you and your spouse and your family taking that step back and be like, no, for us, what should our house be? Again, those voices in your head, we talked about in our motherhood episode, canceling mm. that all out. And the only voices that matter
0: are the people that live in that house. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's kind of like having um, <laughs> humility of house. <laughs> yeah, that's, can Beautiful. We just, like, <gasps>
1: That's humility your book. Humility of house. There you oh, go. my gosh.
0: Okay, <laughs> um, Yeah, be on the lookout for my New York Times bestseller, <laughs> Humility of House. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because we talked about humility pff, probably oh, a year and a half ago, mm. at least now, I think. And I remember defining humility as seeing yourself as you really are. Yes. Right? Yeah. That was one aspect of it. And that was like Thomas Aquinas. Um He was saying humility means seeing yourself as God sees us uh, and knowing every good we have comes from him. So I was like, oh, we could practice house humility. Absolutely. In a detached way, just seeing our houses uh, simply for what they are, like the good, the less than desirable, (laughs) all of it, and trying to see it as God sees it and realizing that all the goodness we notice, um, you know, is a gift.
1: Yeah. And I think that you have to learn to do this. Like so many things we talk about in here, this is a skill. Um, I was, Mm. I was kind of thinking back to all the places I've lived and between Jason and I and the 23 years we we've been together. Um, we moved a lot, whether I lived with roommates and he lived with roommates or I lived alone and he lived alone or places we lived together. I, there was at least 20 moves, um, Mm. over the early years of our relationship. So I have lived everywhere, right? We have joked before about the place I lived in that uh, was built like a castle. It was a luxury uh, (laughs) hotel at one point. And then when I was living there, the roof had collapsed in, there were drug addicts living in it, unhoused people and struggling musicians. And uh, it was wild. I still cannot believe my parents let me move in there the weekend I turned 19. Um, Wow. (laughs) Right. So I started out there and we have lived in all different places. But the, the truth is, I have loved every place that I've lived and mm. I taught myself that from that very, I did. I literally moved out the weekend I turned 19. And so I just, today is my birthday, right? So that was, Mm. That was 24 years ago. So again, I've got a lot of experience under my belt in cultivating this this mindset. Um, but right from my first place, I I I would did little things like I would have Q-tips in a martini glass, like on my dresser, um, and mm. I was so proud of just doing these little touches, right? And so I was always so proud. And um, and then when Jason and I bought our first home, it was a 1970s townhouse. It was not in a good area of town, and it was riddled with wildlife. We We had Mm. squirrels and bats (laughs) and like full colonies of ants and so many mice. I can't even count. I remember my boss was over and we were doing a movie night and she screamed and she's like, a mouse just ran across your kitchen floor. And I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm yeah, I know about those. And it wasn't just one. We had lots. And I, I loved that house. I loved that house. And so I, when I tell you that, um, It's truly possible to love whatever place you're in. I firmly Mm -hmm. believe that. And then as things get better, they don't always get better for people. They have gotten better in in our life. We've gotten, you know, increasingly better places where we've lived. Um, I'm able to appreciate whatever we have now because I deeply appreciated what we had back then as well.
0: Mm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so that's like the other side of acceptance, Mm -hmm. right? Acceptance and appreciation. Yeah. Um, but you you can't appreciate things. You can't have that gratitude until you've kind of let go of the angst yeah. of trying to be somewhere where you're not at the moment. Yes. Um, and and accepting the process for what it is. And then you can almost it almost, as you're saying it, feels like a relaxing into yes. appreciation. I love that concept. And it's funny you say that because I actually have in my notes and I actually
1: wrote it twice in this section because I wrote the truth is the house you have right now is the house you have right now. <laughs> and yeah. that, that is that acceptance, right? Like I could sit there and look at it and be like, yep, it's this and this and this. And I'm all of these things are not good things about these houses where I've lived, right? Like literally a roof collapsed and birds were living in the upper floor of the place I was living mm-hmm. in. So I, I accepted all of those things. I saw them all. It is what it was at the the time and so there was that total level of acceptance this the house you have right now is the house you have right now and then you're right that acceptance then makes way for being appreciative Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. and i think too we probably look at our own homes with the most critical eye Mm -hmm. like of anybody else which is good in a way it lets us be meticulous in our work um but probably it highlights the negatives yeah. far more prominently than um the still really positive things about our houses <laughs> and our homes, right? And so to be able to balance that out a little bit too, of noticing, the really good things that are still there, even though there are other parts of our homes that aren't working for us right now, or they're not quite up to what we hoped they would be our expectations or standards, to also acknowledge that there are still really wonderful parts uh, of the house too, that probably just gives the reality a little bit more clout in that it's balanced.
1: Yeah, and I and I still go back to. I think that this is an ever-growing problem. It's in a lot of ways a new problem, and it's ever-growing mm. because of social media. Like again, when I go back those twenty-four years ago to today, twenty-four years to today of me moving into that first place, because there was no social media. Um, and everyone I knew back in the day, everyone moved out very young, and so all mm. of us have these combined stories of these horrible apartments, and and we loved it. it and in many ways, it was deeply romantic. If you know what I mean right Mm -hmm. like that idea of oh gosh the stories we could tell right we had a radiator (laughs) explode we had all these things and that's just not the way life is right now there's a lot of reasons for that obviously the current housing situation in Canada and the United States but um so youth now the truth is young people stay home longer and they have more money when they do start out so they expect to start Mm -hmm. out at a certain level and for my generation our parents generation um everybody else starting out before but it started out not like that. So we, it was all hand-me-down furniture. Um, and it was these little one-bedroom <laughs> crazy places. And so that was kind of a shared experience. And you kind of moved on that trajectory upwards. Upwards mobility. Mm. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, and now you, it, it is different. So I just want to acknowledge that. And I did just talk about this on my Instagram because I do feel like sometimes my generation and the generation before me, when we were able to so easily get into the housing market, are like, you just mm. start out where you start out. Come on, people. Like, pull your bootstraps up. You can do it. But it's it's simply right. not the same market right now. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a whole different aspect of this. But um, that this idea of starting out in these little places, you do get a really great... Great appreciation right from the beginning of your young life. And then it gets better and better. Okay. So whether you're of my generation, you started out like that and you're slowly making your way up the property ladder, or you're starting out in your first home or wherever you're at, there is still that desire to improve things. And whether that fire is stoked by social media or just your own internal desire to make your space more beautiful, this Mm -hmm. desire to improve things. I think it's still within all of us. And I do think that that's always been there. Um, And so let's say you've accepted your property. To me, the next thing to do now is improve your property.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was just going to say like um, acceptance is good. And as we were just talking about, clearly necessary (laughs) Mm -hmm. um but you don't have to stay there yeah um and we shouldn't in a lot of ways we're called to be good stewards of the things that god has put in our lives and given to us and that's part of homemaking too and growing in our duties and our ability to cultivate our proper desires within our homes that our homes reflect like who we are what they're being needed for and all these things so I do love the idea that you progress kind of in yeah. this mindset of like first you just have to take stock of where you're at uh, humility of house yeah um, the reality and appreciate what you have and then go forth and let's see what we can let's see what we can do with what we have
1: yes yeah because I, I think we should be clear here that there's actually nothing wrong with wanting a nicer place. There's nothing yeah. wrong with having that desire, whether it's improving the place that you currently live in or dreaming of a new home. Having those dreams, it's totally okay, too. And this is that idea of upward mobility. Now, while this mm. concept is relatively new, it's like a post-war idea where they were able to build homes that were affordable for soldiers coming back for World War II. This happened throughout Canada and the United States. We still have these neighborhoods with these small wartime houses, which are just incredible. Um mm-hmm. This idea, though, of upward mobility, it's a good one. It's what pushed our grandparents to work hard and to take care of their homes. And it's funny because I love how you're talking about house humility because the next phrase I have here is house proud, right? <laughs> so, I have that too. Yeah, right. So how we're like I going, <laughs> okay, talk about the pendulum, um, but the spectrum here. So, but the, here's the thing we don't really mean pride in the sinful sense um, yeah. or in a theological <laughs> or a spiritual sense, right? This idea, this concept of being house proud in the post war era meant working hard to get and acquire nicer things because that's a good thing. Like it makes mm-hmm. your quality of life better and it isn't about keeping up with the Joneses and it isn't, see back in the day, again, no social media. It wasn't about trying to put nice pictures on instagram it was because you wanted a pleasant home to live in you worked hard for it there were plentiful jobs at that time for the middle class you could make a decent income you could afford a decent house you could raise your family on one income and then you would you would work very hard and you'd want to take care of those items right and Mm -hmm. after two world wars a great depression the dust bowl in the united states i mean people had never had it so good which was actually a quote from england that was one of the the motto going into post-World War II England was, we've never had it so good. The economy wow. was booming. And so people were just really enjoying this idea of like finally having a really, really nice place. And um, again, we're not talking richness. We're not talking mansions. We're just talking about the middle class and this idea of being house proud. When you think of a doily on a coffee table at your <laughs> grandmother's house protecting the wood, that's house <laughs> proud. That's what we mean. Yes. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with this.
0: Yes, well I'm glad you said there's nothing wrong with this because I very firmly entered my into my Marie Baronne era. <laughs> Um, that's a, <laughs> that's a reference to the show Everybody Loves Raymond. That's his mom, um, where she covered the couch in plastic. Do you yes. remember that? Yeah, And oh, they yes. were like daring her to take the plastic cover off <laughs> to protect her couch. Well, I've just recently put like bought plastic tablecloths to put over my dining room table. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> and then most recently over my kitchen table because um, and next well, week over your going, couches, right? It's going to be your couch. Com- it is, yeah. Then, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I decided to wait for after summer so that we don't stick to the couch. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yes. So I love I love the idea of house proud too. And the Britannica dictionary has a great definition of it. They oh, worded... they do. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that there was an actual definition. Yeah, apparently, I think it's like officially part of all dictionaries. Because even like, uh, yeah, Merriam-Webster had one. The Cambridge Dictionary had one. um, But the Britannica was my favorite because it defined house proud as being, quote, proud of your house because you spent time and effort cleaning or improving it, (sighs) end quote. And I'm like, that's exactly it. The other dictionaries, like the Collins Dictionary adds, like, To excess under its summary. um, The Cambridge Dictionary notes that some can get overly worried or anxious about it, Mm. and that's true. But I think the Britannica's acknowledgement that it's a sense of accomplishment after putting in the work. Yes. Um, And from experience, I know that that's the most accurate precisely for the reasons our grandparents would have really put effort into their homes too. Yes. And probably our parents as well, right? Absolutely. Because social media is an us thing. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that started with us. But you're right. The cleanliness and the order that they put into their houses you're right. It really was for no one else but who lived there yep. and who those people would be inviting into their home as guests. Yeah. And so it really does have less of a performance aspect, the house pride, and more of a consideration aspect.
1: Yes. And I love that so much. And obviously, I 100% agree because that's mm-hmm. how I run my house. And th- let's go back to Marie um, Barone, that was it, right? <laughs> yes. Marie Barone. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So her house, which they all laugh about though, is a house that's frozen in time because they decorated it once and for all. This is good, and this is right. not. I'm not weighing in necessarily on that, but that's mm-hmm. because they they put their money in. It was an investment, and then it was maintained. It isn't how our world works now. But I mm-hmm. remember my grandparents um, moved into their dream home in 1967, and I was born in 1980, and they lived there until And so from 1980 to 1992, I was there all the time and it was an absolute time capsule of 1967. It it was immaculate. Mm. Everything was so it was exactly from that time period and it was perfectly decorated and they didn't feel like they needed to update things all the time. They just took care of it. Right. You invested in the furniture and then you took care of it. And that worked for that lifestyle back then. I, I will get into what's different about now, but I do think that that's kind of fascinating to me. And I think I've talked before on here about how Jason and I have entertained doing that on purpose. Mm. Our house isn't quite done to where we want it to be done, but we've thought about when it is actually never redecorating it again, <laughs> like just mm. leaving it yes. as an intentional time capsule for when our kids come home with their families. It will look like it does
0: right now. And I'm kind of drawn to that idea. Mm-hmm. Well, there's something comforting about it, mm-hmm. right? Like there, was a, a, there is a stability to that idea for your family coming home, right? Like this place is how I remember it. It's familiar. And um, that's such an interesting idea. Okay, so that's the, so we can improve it by just keeping it
1: clean, maintaining what you have that alone, if you haven't really been in the habit of doing that, of taking care of what you already own. Um, that to me is a first step of improvement. But we can talk about redecorating, right? This would be the next mm-hmm. level. So redecorating has never been more affordable it literally has never been more affordable Mm -hmm. than it is today. Up until recently, there was a handful of stores where you could buy furniture and home decor. I remember you'd go to Sears, right? Your mom would drag Mm -hmm. you to Sears and you would get the bedding (laughs) down in the basement and the bedding department. And that was it. Like there was not any of the home decor stores that we have now. Our parents would save up or in my dad's case, sell his motorcycle when they got married so they could buy a dining table Mm -hmm. when we still sit at their dining table. He's like, that was my motorcycle (laughs) um 43 years later um but that dining table is still in their dining room 43 years Mm. later and our generation Is it a good thing? I don't know. We tend to get rid of things so much quicker because it is far more affordable to redecorate your house. Now, mm-hmm. back in the day when you'd buy those things, that was a good thing because that money went back into local manufacturing, little mom and pop furniture stores, quality goods. It was better for the environment. You were not a mindless consumer, right? Trends didn't mm-hmm. really matter. You picked timeless pieces, all of those things. That being said, if you still want to, like, have a lesser impact on the environment and not, I guess, feed into the capitalistic mentality of trend setting, um, you could mm-hmm. still go to thrift stores. In fact, we were driving through the city and there's a brand new Goodwill going up, a big one. And mm. I was looking into it and Goodwill is booming. It's having its, like, biggest financial thing ever thrift stores are more popular than ever some of that's the economy but some of it's because it's trendy so that's a good thing from social media you see a lot of people who i guess maybe economically don't need thrift stores um, loving the experience of finding those treasures of repurposing things. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing right now. So I was going to say, if you want to buy some new things for your house, um, but maybe it's not in the budget, or maybe you don't want to contribute to, you know, poorly made cheaper goods, go to a thrift store. And we all have our local buy and sell Facebook groups. There are even groups where you can get free items. So if redecorating is the thing you want to do, you've you've taken care of everything as long as you can. Maybe you've done a good deep clean. You've gotten rid of stuff that no longer serves you. Um, There are ways to redecorate that could cost you almost nothing and make a huge difference in your home.
0: Yes, I've been following this uh, boom of secondhand shopping Mm -hmm. with much interest. Mm -hmm. Um, I especially notice it during the Halloween season when I'm trying to pick up like inexpensive items for my children's costumes. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, what? Why is it? It's a little more expensive because of the trending, but it's Mm -hmm. still far, far less than you would buy brand new at a retail store for housing goods and for furniture. So I and I do love the idea that you repurpose things because buying secondhand feels a little bit more personal, maybe Uh, heartwarming, (laughs) less cold. I don't know. (laughs) It's just nice and I like it. Well, I think it also
1: lends itself in a design sense to like that feeling that your house has been curated. It maybe looks like you picked up that piece a long time ago or whatever, Mm -hmm. right? It doesn't look like you walked into HomeSense and you just bought all the modern farmhouse stuff that all matches and you just plopped it in there. So that idea, I try to, um, okay, so Jason likes antiquing, but he doesn't like thrifting. And I'm like, you know, it's the same thing. One just charges a little (laughs) bit more, right? Like a A lot of the times the same stuff is at the stores. But um, we try to, because I do like having a house that feels curated, that feels like we've added special pieces. I'm quite minimalist in our home. So the pieces I add, I'm very careful about. So like we need new wine glasses right now. I've broken all of our wine glasses. And so Mm -hmm. I could go to HomeSense. And I might. I might end up buying some from there. But I will definitely scout out secondhand first. Um, So then they look like, right, that they've been in our cupboard forever or maybe handed down from a family member. Mm -hmm. I love that Mm
0: -hmm. yes i love that our wine glasses were just from the thrift store too and i Mm -hmm. just um bought them during the pandemic and i remember sitting there thinking (laughs) for me whether i wanted to spend the money Mm -hmm. at the thrift store (laughs) on -hmm. on the wine glasses um but anyways just a a couple from our church happened to walk by an older couple and they're like oh just buy the wine glasses. (gasps) We will have people over again soon. Yeah, And I was like, okay. And (laughs) I just love the whole set. It's very, um, it's unique. They came from someone else's curation, but I was going to say that the thing with curating and making your house personal, it occurred to me, is patience and the whole idea of being okay with slow accumulation, right? Um, Because I find, I I know for myself, sometimes I'm too impatient for that. I would like my house to look amazing today and I'll go and like, I would love to go buy everything all at once. But if we can just reframe just being like, my house is a curated uh, gallery. Yep. Of our life. And when you go shopping with that mentality, sometimes you'll come home with something and sometimes you won't. But at the end of the day, your home will be something really special and unique. Oh, 100%.
1: And I love that because my next line here was figure out your style. And you do that by taking your time, right? And seeing Mm. how your family lives. There's nothing Mm. wrong again with, I think, the beautiful spaces that we see on Instagram. My feed is filled with beautiful luxury spaces that I will never have um, but I love that I can take what I love from those spaces and carry them with me um, and then when I go to those stores right you can pick up a piece here a piece there and I do love that most of the things that we've bought in my life um, have a story attached to it and so it makes for great little conversation starters when you have people mm. over and they're like I love that little cow I have a bunch of cow creamers right like a cow where the cream comes out of the cow's <laughs> nose um, and uh, <laughs> An unexpected collection. I never anticipated (laughs) collecting those. Um, But like those little whimsical pieces, when you bring them out with company, um, I, I love that there's a little story attached. So figure out what makes you happy. Again, it's your house and you live in it right now. And I'll say it again. The house you have right now is the house you have right now. But let's say you can renovate and it's in the budget or you're going to do what we did. We borrowed against the equity on our home. You know, I'm not embarrassed to say that. A lot of people mm. do that. Um, that is mm-hmm. how we afforded our our, our our renovation. That in addition to Jason working about a year of overtime nonstop mm. to try to put some money in. And in addition to me being the grunt laborer for the entire renovation. So we saved money on me doing right. the work every <laughs> single day with the contractor. Yes. Um, but we made that decision that to stay in the small house that we're in because we love it and i don't need anything more but i did need a kitchen that was more functional for us and that was something mm. we could do at that time again we have almost 24 years in this relationship and having lived through many different houses and stages and this worked for us right now we didn't have it up until a couple of years ago but we were able to do it and if and when that time comes around for you to um to do an actual renovation If you have already put in the time of learning to accept what you already have and improve what you can, you're in a really good mindset for when you do something like a renovation. You're deeply grateful and Mm -hmm. you have likely figured out what is best for your family based on how your family works and needs it instead of being swayed by what you're seeing um, on social media so that's a a wonderful thing that you can do if you can do it Um, but when we finally did ours I still it's been three or four years I still walk down every morning and I pinch myself because I'm so thankful for it but I've always loved every kitchen I've had so it's just in my (laughs) head it's just like a slight improvement over the mice that lived with my pots and pans (laughs) in our last kitchen <laughs> and then oh in our other kitchen all all of the cupboard doors were taped on um oh. <laughs> yes and literally being held together by
0: tape so this one yeah it's a little nicer <laughs> yeah 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 well maybe it's not the aesthetic for you lindsay maybe it's just sinks in general yes
1: it's <laughs> like, just that it actually it works
0: yeah, yeah. It's... <laughs> oh but i love where this is going though because i mean any one of those three options we were just talking about in terms of improving your your house mm-hmm. and your home, none of them are ultimately going to make you uh, feel better about your house yeah. or make you happier or feel satisfied if you don't practice, like what you were saying, contentedness. Yes. And just you know, it kind of goes full circle back to the beginning again, in a way, like you've gone through this whole process, but you're kind of landing back at seeing your house for what it is and appreciating it and having gratitude. Absolutely.
1: Gratitude makes all of the difference, right? And Mm -hmm. I think that again, that is a skill that has to be practiced. It's a muscle that has to be um, exercised. And I think that finding true contentment in your home, which we do feel is like the kind of final step. If you can do nothing else right now, work on being content, right? Um, mm. One of my favorite mm-hmm. quotes about finding beauty um, is a song by written by Bruce Coburn, and but sung by the Bare Naked Ladies, where it says, I'm going kick, to mm. kick at the darkness until it bleeds daylight. Now, I know it seems a bit powerful, mm. but I actually think about that all the time when I'm in my house. I am going to... Do whatever I can to find beauty wherever I can. I can. I take this very seriously. It is a mindset I decided on years ago since that very first apartment. And it's something that I, I, you can train yourself to see the beauty in your space wherever you are. Trust me. I've done it. Like it's really, mm-hmm. really possible. Um, and so that takes me into the definition actually of contentment, which is a state of happiness and satisfaction and i love for i love all of those words it's a state so you're like in it like you're in it of happiness and satisfaction And then just to further that definition, I I found this awesome line on goodtherapy.org and it said, if you are not at peace with what you have achieved at your current point in life, it can be difficult to be motivated to work towards a better future. So there's a lot actually being said in there about being accepting, like uh, uh, as we were already talking about finding peace in that, but then that place motivates you to do those little improvements. Mm.
0: (laughs) I just, Mm -hmm. there's so much going on in that little point. Yes, there's a lot of layers to contentedness. (laughs) 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 Oh my goodness, there so
1: is. And I don't, did we ever do an episode on content, like being content? I feel like we we have. I think so. (laughs) We've been doing this a long time now. I know. know. But needless to say, I did a little digging and I came across something really, really interesting. So there was research done on a group of nomad peoples and they're living way up high in the Himalayas. And Hmm. researchers showed these people who have very little contact with the outside world. Videos and photos that showed like different human emotions, very obvious ones like being scared or sad or happy. And they listened to videos Mm -hmm. with like vocal changes and they were able to recognize and identify the emotions, right? Like they were like, yeah, I know what this is. They could pick up on those social cues. But then one gave them pause and it was contentment and the Mm -hmm. guide who was kind of explaining things to to the professors from berkeley where i found this article it was from berkeley university and the guide his name is dr dorji wangchuk he said quote in our culture this emotion contentment is very special it is the highest achievement of human well-being and it is what the greatest enlightened masters have been writing about for thousands of years end quote their word for contentment is um which basically translates into the knowledge of enough the knowledge mm. of enough and this obviously stopped me in my tracks <laughs> yes and so this article from Berkeley University goes on to explain the difference between happiness and contentment. And the author mm. says, if I offered you a $1,000 right now, I'm sure you'd be happy. And that's okay because I'd be happy too. He's like, <laughs> the only problem is the next question. How long does that happiness last from the moment of receiving the money? As soon as you put the money into your pocket, the happiness starts to diminish. And, mm. sl- and shortly you'll be finding yourself needing another hit. And so this temporary boost in wellness... Um, Is not contentment, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. That's the up and down Mm -hmm. of those emotions. And then he goes on to explain that there are 20,000 titles of books with the words, with the word happiness, like self help books, um, available on Amazon. So (sighs) they finish it by saying contentment is described as unconditional wholeness, unconditional. So regardless of what's (sighs) going on around you. And it comes from the Latin for held together, intact, whole. And it says it, that true contentment, it doesn't require any external input. And it's sourced entirely from within.
0: Well, if we haven't done an episode <laughs> on contentedness, that was it. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but, right? That was all so beautiful. Oh, my yeah. gosh. The knowledge of enough. Yes. Like, wow. Oh, <sighs> I just love it. And that is you're right, like that is what we're all striving for to feel in our lives as a whole, but in particular to this episode, in our home, I think that's yes. why we put so much of this work in and thought and consideration into it is we want um, we want to feel that it's enough, but we're we're already there if we can yeah. cultivate contentedness. Home is not a static concept. It teems with life right alongside us and embraces the activity and essence within its four beautiful walls. With acceptance and gratitude, we can practice appreciation and contentedness, the kind that inspires us to improve and create, all while knowing that the house we have is the house we have and how beautiful a thing that is. No matter what season we're in or what our days bring, may we never forget, there simply is no place like home okay it's time for our what we're loving this week segment of the show so Lindsay what have you been loving this week
1: well I'm revisiting a past love because I still love it so much and every time I put Mm. it on I'm like I love this and I want to talk about it again for our newer listeners so I know you love her too. I am just still loving Jonah Genton and yes, right yes. like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. every so she right as I was writing my notes I got the pop-up that she released a new video today and every time I see that I get like butterflies because I'm like oh perfect a new Jonah Jinton video so for those of our listeners who don't know her she is a YouTuber she's an artist musician filmmaker jewelry designer she's wife to Johan and dog mama <laughs> to Nanook and uh, she lives in a very small town in rural Sweden her filming her film technique Mm -hmm. is it's breathtaking right it's it's exceptional it's exceptional and she's won Mm -hmm. awards for it um there are i feel like there's a lot of youtubers now who have tried to copy her style but i i don't i can't say this conclusively but i feel like she was the first one to do that sweeping drone footage like in terms of youtube Mm -hmm. over Mm -hmm. snowy woodlands and the mountains and lakes and or as she says it mountains um i love her (laughs) swedish accent yes (laughs) She expertly captures the Northern lights dancing over her house and like the long polar nights and the midnight sun. And she just takes her lucky viewers along with her as she like does these little adventures through Northern Sweden. She also just has the sweetest and most down to earth personality. I think she's the hardest working person on YouTube, (laughs) right? She's always looking at trying new skills and trying to grow creatively, which is really inspiring. And you get these little snippets of her marriage. And I know we've talked about parasocial relationships before with like people who are online and no one else i feel that way about but i feel that way about jonah jinton so i just yeah so if people have not watched her yet it's jonah and that's j-o-n-n-a jinton j-i-n-t-o-n they must look her up you right you Mm -hmm. you've got to
0: oh (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, yes. I know exactly what you mean. That is the word to describe it. Is oh yeah, (laughs) Um, it's like a Huga in a video. I think she's the best Huga in a video, and I think it's very rare to find that level of down to earthness Mm. with the level of talent that she has. And that's one of the many things that is so fascinating and very delightful about watching and enjoying her creative work. I totally Mm -hmm. agree. Mm -hmm. And what have you been loving this week? So what I'm loving this week is actually pretty relevant for today. Mm. Um, as we're recording, it's the Feast of All Saints, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the Catholic Church. And so this recommendation is uh, a shout out to our heavenly friends, really. Mm. Um, I was just driving to Mass this morning at an All Saints Day party for the kids. Mm-hmm. And we picked up some friends along the way. Everyone was a little bit quiet on the drive. And I felt like we were all just still waking up from maybe some trick-or-treating the night before. (laughs) A little sugar hangover. Perhaps. (laughs) So I was like, you know what? I'll just put on this podcast that I've been meaning to try out. I've been hearing a lot about it. And it's called the Saints Alive Podcast. Mm -hmm. So we just started at the top of the list. It was like part one of the story of Pope St. John Paul II and we were all mesmerized. Mm. Like we were blown away by the writing, the producing, the storytelling, the acting. It's radio theater. So everything is just excellent. And we flew through that first episode. We binged the second one on the way home. Mm. And the kids and I are already trying to plot out when we're going to be able to put on the third one. <laughs> oh, to finish crazy. the yeah the three-part series on John Paul II's life. So I went on their website, and they have about 24 professional quality episodes about saints like Maximilian Kobe. They have an episode on Mother Teresa, St. Joan of Arc, St. Thomas More, and many others. So needless to say, we here at the Saks House are deeply impressed with this new podcast. And if you are in the market for really well-done radio theatre, served up with a generous helping of inspiration from the saints, then the saints alive podcast is going to be for you. Okay. That's going to do it for us this week. If you want to get in touch and chat with us about our topic today, you can find us on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com or leave us a comment on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, at The Modern Lady Podcast. I'm Michelle Sachs, and you can find me on Instagram at Sachs. And I'm Lindsay Murray, and you can find me on Instagram at Lindsay Homemaker. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week, and we will see you next time.